0: Greetings, Community Solutions listeners, and welcome to episode 34 of our podcast. I am Jack Terman, Jr., and it is my great pleasure to bring you this podcast from the Department of Social and Behavioral Sciences at the Indiana University Richard M. Fairbanks School of Public Health in beautiful Indianapolis, Indiana. On behalf of all of the faculty, staff, and students in our department, I hope that you and yours are well, and that your efforts to build healthy, hopeful communities are thriving. Today we continue our conversation about strategies to address food insecurity in our communities. We are going to discuss the important role that members of the agriculture community play to help reduce food insecurity. The agricultural community consists of farmers, agriculture business groups, and agriculture researchers and educators, and in some countries, agricultural technicians. It is essential that we invite these wonderful individuals and groups to the table when we map out sustainable strategies to address food insecurity. Let's face it, they are the experts in growing, harvesting, and distributing food. We are blessed to have three experts join us today to share their thoughts about this. Amy and Curtis Wildsey and Dr. Kevin Cavanaugh all bring personal and or professional experiences related to the agricultural community. They are passionate about bringing together agriculture, public health, and community members to build sustainable solutions to the problem of food insecurity. Let's join the conversation. Hey, everyone, thanks a bunch for joining us today on the Community Solutions Podcast. I really appreciate your time. So um, just to get started, Amy and Curtis and Kevin, can you just kind of introduce yourselves and tell us your relationship and your passion about getting the ag community interested and engaged in addressing food insecurity? Um, who wants to start? Kevin, you go, go for it, my friend. I, I sure will. Uh, Thank you, Jack.
1: So uh, my name is Kevin Cavanaugh. And so I actually grew up on a farm in Northwest Ohio and have uh, a bachelor's, master's and PhD in in, uh, plant breeding and genetics. And so uh, uh, I have worked in agriculture my entire career, Uh, worked with with a seed company, uh, heading up the research for a number of years. Uh, Now I'm working uh, for a company on my own, just on the north side of Indianapolis. Uh, doing licensing corn genetics. And so I have a a very close tie with agriculture and uh, 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 have those uh, people, I I see those as my customer. And so I have a great relationship with a lot of uh, farmers, not only here in Indiana, but uh, throughout the Midwest
0: and the United States. Great. Thanks. Thanks for taking time being here today. Um, Curtis, how about yourself? Yeah, my name is Curtis Wiltsy. Uh,
2: I grew up farming and ranching in West Central Kansas. Um, as far as education goes, my, I my undergraduate degree in agronomy and a master's in plant breeding. And in my entire professional career, I've spent in the seed industry, uh, working on various crops, uh, developing new, new plant varieties that uh, seed companies can sell to farmers here in the U.S. and other parts of the world. So... I don't know. I just, I love agriculture. Uh, I love the seed industry and it's, it, it really plays that ag industry, the seed industry plays a a huge role in, in food production, obviously around the world. And there's a lot of things going on um, within our industry and other global communities. Um, So there's just, there's, there's a lot of experience and skill that we can leverage to help address
0: this issue. Great, thanks. Thanks for being here and all your help in this area. Amy, you're up.
3: Yeah, my name is Amy Wiltsy. I'm a graduate student at the Fairbank School of Public Health at IUPUI in Indianapolis, Indiana. I come from a family of farmers, um, a long line of farmers, primarily very small small farms and, As I go through my graduate work, I see a lot of great possibilities where the public health community and the agriculture community can partner to address not just uh, food insecurity, but also uh, a variety of community issues. And um, I, I come from a side of, I see, the positive uh, contributions that farmers and farming make to the smaller communities that surround them. And I just, I would, I'd like to see those relationships grow and flourish and improve as we go through this.
0: Great, thank you so much. And as Amy said, she's one of our students in the Fairbanks School of Public Health. So it's great to have her on here and really helping uh, lead a lot of the school's efforts um, in this area. So thanks a bunch Amy. So let's get started with our questions. Curtis, we're going to ask you first, so where do you think a rural community can start when thinking about how agricultural elements can help address food insecurity?
2: Well Jack, I think you know first and foremost uh, you have to start a conversation. So Um, and and learn. There's a lot of learning that needs to be done. I I think about our food production system here in the United States. It's very industrialized, very advanced, very efficient. Uh, So in a lot of cases, food production and, and the community are somewhat disassociated. We may all live and work and live together, but our professional lives kind of separate us. So I think there's a lot to be gained from just starting a conversation. So there's a lot that the ag community can learn about hunger in their community. Um, I would would suspect that a lot of folks don't even understand the the scope of hunger. You know, how significant is it? What are the causes of it? Um, And vice versa, I think a lot of people who aren't in the ag community probably don't truly understand what agricultural production is like in the United States and possibly in other global areas as well. so I think it's, all of those parties need to spend some time together and talk about the issue and learn from each other first and foremost, so then they can start to dream
0: up uh, possible solutions. That's a just a great answer for this podcast, Curtis, so thanks a bunch, because the podcast is all built upon the importance of starting conversations in communities amongst all the different people that make up a community. And like you said, it's important that people learn from each other and understand each other. And then out of that grows some really amazing solutions. So I really appreciate you emphasizing that important step of reaching out and engaging in conversations and getting to know what other people in the community do and their perspectives. Um, Kevin, what are examples of things that an ag producer can do to help uh, food insecurity issues? Yeah,
1: and, and I'd like to say that, you know, I, I really agree with uh, Curtis uh, in talking about communication. Communication is a key uh, in just about in solving any problem and, and communication and education and involvement. and so. Uh, When I look at at some things that ag producers can do, I I think it's, uh, it involves all three of those things. And so, uh, you know, one area around education, I I think a lot of of the community doesn't really understand what ag producers do. I think, I think, you know, ag producers, uh, there are, there are several uh, farmers that produce food, but there's many farmers that produce feed and inputs. Uh, so we talk about food, fuel, and fuel. Food, feed, and fuel are some of the things that farmers produce. So, in any given community, uh, farmers are producing food in some circumstances, but feed in many other circumstances. And so, you know, the question is, how can these farmers get involved? Because, in, in tragically, in every community, uh, food insecurity exists. And so, uh, many times, those ag producers are not aware. That uh, in their local town, their local rural community, uh, there's food insecurity going on. So uh, you know they. So we talk about getting involved, and and you know there's there's a lot of of opportunities to get involved. You know there's food banks. There's there's ways to what I call traditional ways on which people can get involved. But uh, in in a deeper level, I think it's it's about uh, those farmers being committed to to say. We don't want to have food insecurity in our community. And so when that happens, uh, what what needs to take place is we need to have some organizations that that get involved and and lead, because what I think you'll see in rural communities is you'll see uh, farmers that say, no, I don't want food insecurity in in my area, and I didn't know it existed, so I want to help out. And so how back to your question of how can they help out and and you know I think there's a lot of great ways that farmers can help out certainly donate their time uh certainly uh you know a lot of farmers have some land and so is there a way that they can utilize that land to help reduce food insecurity and so there's several ways that they could do that they could they could have uh local gardens and on on their farm for instance and just take a very small piece of of ground and, and let people have gardens on there and that may be a small solution, but it's a step of, of not only getting involved, but also gaining awareness. And then, then there's there's other ways that I think farmers could get involved. And, and one example uh, might be that that a, a farmer farms, let's say, a 1,000 acres of land, and he uh, commits to donate one acre of what he's growing. It may be corn, it may be soybeans, it may be wheat, but he donates one acre uh, to help the locally with food insecurity. So he partners with an organization that would, that would allow that to, to, to sell that grain in, in that organization's uh, name. And then, then that uh, food could be used to, to help, uh, or that the money could be used to help uh, supply food to uh, people who, who uh, are unfortunate and don't have uh, the ability to, to purchase food. And so, you know, that's one uh, easy way that that i think farmers could get involved and in. uh certainly there's there's many other ways if you're producing food if you're a you know a local greenhouse grower and i happen to have a greenhouse and 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 uh, my wife and i uh, and my two boys uh, actually grow lettuce and uh and so we we have sold at a farmer's market a local farmer's market and so uh so we've done that for years and then we also uh with any surplus that we have we donate to uh, local food bank and and but there's there's a lot of ways that we could uh, really engage the farming community. Uh, you know, I, I'm just talking about grain producers there, but I also think about livestock producers. So if you're producing a thousand head of hogs, could you donate one hog to uh, a food bank? And and you know, I think that would go a long way to tying in uh, the the farmers with uh, the organization that is helping uh, people address this food insecurity. So there's a, a, a myriad of ways that it could happen, but I think it's about that connection. It's about getting involved, and, and I think the farming community community would be very willing to 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 do those sorts of things that I mentioned. Uh, there's there's uh, uh, you know there's a lot of giving that takes place, uh, not just in the United community, but uh, the the challenge is making sure that people are aware of the need.
0: Uh, <clears throat> Excuse me. Thank you so much, Kevin. I really appreciate your concrete ideas and suggestions and completely support and endorse you know, your thoughts and that we, we can never make assumptions that people in communities know about all the hardships that are going on in those communities, because everyone lives busy lives and they're like taking care of themselves and their families and their businesses and their occupations. And they might not know that their neighbors are suffering from hunger and food insecurity. So it's important in those conversations to raise the awareness and invite everyone to the table to help address the situation. And you gave really great concrete ways that farmers could really be engaged to do that. So thank you so much. Amy, besides the availability of food, so Kevin kind of talked about like getting, you know, increasing access to food, right? The way farmers can help with that. Um, what other challenges exist to addressing food insecurity in a local community?
3: Well, I think, um, like we have seen a little bit during this uh, COVID pandemic is that um, I, we are more isolated from each other than we used to be, uh, and every community is different, and some communities are better at it than others, but I think in in general, we've become, we take pride in our self-sufficiency, but that then contributes to a lack of awareness of, of these, the stories of the people around us and um that just that can lead to just well just lead to a, a, a lack of awareness of like our day na- if our neighbor next door is uh suffering a job loss and is is struggling to provide for themselves would we even know that so i think that is one issue another issue is um that i think we find a lot is a lack of cooking skills i we um our, my generation uh, and the generations after me, they, we've become very um, comfortable with the idea of food being available at the uh, use of an app on a phone or making a phone call. or or For a lot of us in urban areas, anyway, a grocery store is no more than five minutes away. In some rural communities, they have a little more difficulty with that. But so we've sort of... Uh, eroded our cooking skills. We're not sure if we do have food, we're not sure exactly how to prepare it anymore. And uh, all that goes along with food preservation. Um, I know my family, the generation before me and and on back, food preservation was just a part of their life. And um, they, they depended on that sometimes for to make it through a winter. And um, that isn't necessarily... Uh, it's not necessary anymore for us to preserve food. We also don't have a, we don't have the resources available to us like they used to. A lot of us, uh, if we do have access to gardens, they might be very small. So um, I think that um, those things have sort of contributed to food insecurity in either direct or indirect ways.
0: Yeah, and those are such good points, and we know we hear about this in communities. Sometimes people talk about a lack of access to food, and even when they're given access to food, we learn they don't really know how to prepare it, right? Or they don't have the, the utensils or the pots and the pans and the the items that are needed to really prepare it. So we have to be mindful that issues of food insecurity, like you really nicely addressed, extends beyond just having food, access to food. It has to do with how you, do you have what it takes to prepare it? Do you know how to prepare it? And then how do you help preserve it to prevent waste and, and things like that? So um, it's a nice to have that kind of comprehensive approach when, when dealing with this particular issue. Now, um, building upon what Amy just talked about, could each of you weigh in as you'd like, just to think about how can the ag community contribute to the improvement of food preservation and cooking skills? Any ideas about that? So to kind of build these connections between the ag community and these particular parts of addressing food insecurity?
2: I can take a stab at that one first. So um, I grew up in a county in West Central Kansas where university extension was very, very strong. So I grew up uh, as a part of the 4-H youth program. My parents were very involved in that as well as adult extension activities. So I grew up, my family, we all knew how to prepare food, we knew how to store food, we knew how to preserve it. Um, that was just part of daily life in our rural county in West Central Kansas. And today, I know that a lot of that has somewhat evaporated, uh, or I guess the, uh, the the need for university extension or its, its efficacy in delivering those type of programs to communities, but they're still out there, and there's other programs that are available as well, so I think if I was a rural community today, community um, today, you know, I would look to my university extension folks if that was an option. If I had access to that, um, I, I would contact healthcare organizations. There's plenty of, plenty of programs out there that exist to help teach people about how to preserve food and especially about how to cook food.
0: Very good. Yeah, we love that because. We love that concept of, like, forming those kind of university community connections, you know, to help extend uh, and build skills. Uh, Kevin or Amy, anything else you'd like to add to that? Yeah, just briefly, Jack. You know, I, when I think of, of
1: things that uh, the ag community could do, I, you know, I, I think of organizations of farmers. And so farmers are very independent, but they also... Uh, have organizations where they work together to get things done, and an example of that is the Farm Bureau. So every state has a Farm Bureau. So here in Indiana, we have the Indiana Farm Bureau. There's a Farm Bureau is a national organization, and they are uh, annually always looking for ways to improve their communities. Uh, one example of that was was getting internet uh, into very Uh, rural and remote areas. And so they uh, became very active in doing that. And so, you know, I could see an organization like the Farm Bureau stepping up and saying, you know, we need to to do some things to help food insecurity, help solve food insecurity in our local communities. And so I could see that organization saying, okay, farmers, let's get together uh, with with some of these uh, other organizations that Curtis mentioned. You know, I could see the extension you know, there's a lot of county fairs out in rural communities, and so you know you could you could have uh, an opportunity to have cooking classes at a at the fair that I think would be you know well received. Uh, that could be put on from the farm bureau. You know, you could have uh, utensil giveaways to help people uh, to to make sure that they could uh, you know have the equipment that they need to be able to prepare food properly uh, because. Uh, Amy really hit on it. You know, today we're much more in a in a uh, community where we're uh, it's all about convenience. And so you go to the grocery store that's five minutes away, you get the meal that's already prepared. Is all you have to do is microwave. It. And that's different than what Curtis just mentioned, where he grew up on a farm uh, with a garden. I remember we had a huge garden growing up, and that would serve our purposes for for well into the winter time. Uh, we would we would preserve food, and so. Uh, so, so those things have changed. And I think we also have to acknowledge that you know, those things have changed. So we need to adapt uh, in, to where we are today to be successful with these programs.
0: Great. That's, so that's, that's another really good advice for people. Curtis you know, talked kind of about university extension community connections. You're talking about organizations, other organizations of farmers and members of the ag community, getting them involved in that. Amy, anything else you want to add to that?
3: Uh, yeah, they they pretty much uh, took all my answers, but I can <laughs> contribute. And um, this gets more into the the dirty work of this is that funding funding for these programs, um, for like extension, for 4-H, for for even for clubs like uh, Future Farmers of America. I think f- uh, funding is always an issue when you're talking about serving the public in one form or another, um, but I, I think um, these, all these people, um, particularly the people in the extension, and I say that because I'm familiar with that the most out of all of them, they are, they are wonderful people who are eager uh, to help the community in any way they can, but like the, everything else, they run out of resources to do that. Um, another um, thing that we might consider, which I, I am uncertain about the uh, the state of affairs on this, but I, th- I think Kevin touched on it. We, um, we, I think we need to take a good look at where we are as a society and community right now and take those resources that we have had like uh, um, the University Extension 4-H um, and see if we need to adapt those to better serve where we're at now and to better serve uh, like the community's needs and interests. So when you go out and you start um, going to the county fairs or, or you, you are offering things that A, people see a need for and B, that they would be interested in. So um I think we have great resources already in place that have been in place for a while. I think maybe just some adjustments to them and infusing a lot more um, funding into them would really be a good start in bringing it all together.
0: Yeah, that's really so insightful. And we know those needs for funding is even greater as the pandemic goes on, as more and more people we know through the pandemic have suffered food insecurity so the the, those all the issues you bring up are, are so timely and important and it's helpful for everyone listening so everyone as we conclude the podcast every community solutions podcast ends with the guest giving some just basic simple actions that community members can take you know to apply the information that they learn so Um, What advice can you share to help individuals listening um, to help them engage members of the ag community to help address food insecurity?
1: So I would, I would say, I would encourage people to, to go out into the ag communities and, and, and seek information and, and get educated on what uh, these individuals can do to help uh, with the food insecurity issue. And, and, you know, it's it's interesting to me, any organization that I become a part of where I start to give either my time, my resources, or maybe I have a, you know, I have a, something that I can educate others in, I really feel good about myself once I do that. It's, it's taking that first step. And so it's about, to, to, in my mind, it's about taking that first step. So I would encourage people to just take a step and and go out and engage with the farmers. Stop by and visit, and 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 talk a little bit about food insecurity and, and get their point of view, and then uh, likewise uh, teach them about uh, some of the food insecurity issues on a local level. And I think that's that's uh, that's the first step: is to is to just to, just to make one action and go and do it.
0: That is great, Amy Curtis. Any other concluding thoughts?
2: I think I would I would encourage people to uh, look look at their local schools. Um, there's lots of examples out there where local schools incorporate some type of agricultural or or food production, food processing, cooking classes into their curriculum. So if that doesn't exist in your community today, I would sure you know look at those opportunities and see what you can do to get them incorporated into into your local schools and help help of the next generation do better.
0: Great, great. Thanks, Amy.
3: Um I I agree with both of them. I I think um I think what what makes sometimes when we try to address a problem, what makes sense on the surface doesn't necessarily make sense once you get into the real meat of the problem. So, edu- everybody educating themselves on the on the problem, on the realities, the 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 details of of both sides. I think that is the, the first great step is edu- education. And one uh, the thing that we always talk about in public health is that we're working to change systems. So we we um, we can we the. Food insecurity needs to be addressed immediately by getting people food. That, that has to happen. But we also need to spend time on figuring out how to change the systems that contribute to food insecurity to give a sustainable solution. And in my opinion, that also builds community when we start doing things like this. And I think what we may have learned in the past year and a half or so is that we need to... We, we need to build community again, like maybe a little bit like we used to have. So that's that's my opinion.
0: That's awesome. What a great way to end all the key messages. That's so important. So, you know, I, on behalf of everyone at Community Solutions, I want to thank, thank the three of you very much for um, spending time um, to chat about this issue today and to Um, bringing all your wisdom and your knowledge and your passion and skills to the conversation and really highlighting the importance of engaging all of the ag members of the ag community in this discussion Um, for so long they haven't been invited to the table about this and we believe they're absolutely critical to the conversation and to the solution so Um, Thank you so much for for your time on that and for all your dedication that you have to helping those in your community near and far, and um, uh, especially to your dedication to helping addressing this really important issue. So um, again, thanks so much. Wish you all the best. And to all the listeners, thanks a bunch for listening to Community Solutions. Wishing you all a great day. Take care.